Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be with you here. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman. And with me this afternoon in the studio live, we are privileged to have a guest speaker, Rabbi Zilberstrom, all the way from Jerusalem. Rabbi Benyamin Zilberstrom is a mentor, teacher, and guide for many students at the Shiva Torah Emes. And considering that it's 50 years now since the liberation of Jerusalem, I thought it would be appropriate to bring in someone who personally witnessed an experience he was there at the time during the Six-Day War and could share with us some of the historical perspective as well as an individual, an eyewitness to those events and perhaps give us a little bit of background as he is very instrumental and involved at the Yeshiva Torah MS, which started in 1912 in Hebron. So welcome to the studio, Rabbi Zilberstrom. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm very excited to sit here in South Africa and to talk to in the high F station. That's for me a special feelings and to go back to the history of 50 years since Hashem makes many, many miracles to get back the holy places of the Jewish nation, the Kotel Amaravi by the wall next to the temple, the other side, and Rachel Imenu, Mazer Rachel, and Hebron, the forefathers. Well, you all know that Hebron today is again in the limelight, in the headlines, because just this week, I think it was yesterday, the Palestinians have asked the UN to preserve Hebron from the dangerous hands of Israel. So just an interesting thing that it's back in the headlines, and it would be appropriate for us all to pray for the well-being of of not just Jerusalem, but Hebron, as it's once again in the headlines now. And I'm sure, Rabbi Zilberstrom, you could shed some light on what it's like to be in Hebron. Well, that's uh, just a moment here in the studio. Uh, Rabbi Zilberstrom, please. Hebron is a place that's written in the Zohar. Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yuchai said, the old prayers from the Jewish nation coming through to Hebron. From then they go to the Mokem from the base of Migdash, the temple, and from there the go to the heavens, to the Kisei HaKavot. So I would uh, say, uh, sorry, my English is not so perfect because I am born in Jerusalem. My language is Hebrew and Yiddish. So forgive me mistakes. I hope and this you understand. So Hebron is a place for the all, all generations, since the forefathers, the Hashem gave us the place, Hebron, Me'arat HaMachpelah, where Abraham, Abraham, the first Jewish in the world, Abraham Ivri, he bought with full price the place for the forefathers. So the Yeshiva from Torah Emet started in Hebron, like the Sarabai Kivman says, 1912, by the Rebbe Rabbi Shalom Dovber, the Rebbe, they call him the Rebbe Rashab, the, the father of the Prisiv Rebbe, and he sent the best students from Russia, from Odessa, to go in a, in a ship, in a boat, they go on the boat, they go for 10 days till they came to Jaffa, and then 
came to Yerushalayim and to Hebron to made the yeshiva, the first Hasidic yeshiva in Israel. And when we're back, just after the commercial break, we're going to ask Rabbi Zilberstrom to share with us a little bit about the history and the background, the founding of that yeshiva in Hebron, and it's how it's evolved to today, where it's nearly, where it's over a hundred years actually since the founding of the yeshiva. We'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on one hundred one point nine FM. And welcome back. This year, the year, sorry, the year is nineteen fourteen. When medical student Michael. Bogosian arrives in the cosmopolitan Turkish capital, Constantinople. He meets Anna, and their shared Armenian heritage sparks an immediate attraction. With the mighty Ottoman Empire crumbling in the Great War, Constantinople is on the verge of chaos. As the Turks form an alliance with Germany and the Empire turns violently against its own ethnic minorities, Michael and Anna must join forces to survive. Promises are made and promises are broken. The one promise that must be kept is to live on and tell the story. Directed by Terry George, director of Hotel Rwanda, The Promise stars Oscar Isaac, Charlotte Lebon, and Academy Award winner Christian Bale, and releases at Select Cinemas on Friday, the 23rd of June. And welcome back to... The show, Soul to Soul, we have Rabbi Zilberstrom with us live in the studio, and Rabbi Zilberstrom is going to share with us some of the history of the founding of Yeshiva Torah Emes, which was the first Hasidic Yeshiva in Israel. It was founded in 1912 by Rabbi Shalom Dovber, the fifth Rebbe of Lubavitch, known as the Rebbe Rashab. So the students, when they come to Hebron, the people, they appreciate it because the students... It's not only the sitting and learning in that yeshiva. It is also the make uh, the good feeling, the good uh, expression, the old city Hebron to give light from Judaism, the Jewish tradition, the history of Hebron, and to big holiness to to behave in in a, in a proper way. That's belong how you can behave yourself in such an, a holy city from Hebron, and then. The yeshiva after the pogrom was 2029, say the, the yeshiva is coming to Jerusalem. But it's very interesting that also when Hashem give us back Hebrons in 67 by the six day wall, they find it a way to again to start the yeshiva in Hebron. They call the nom, the name of the house is Beit Romano. It's like a palace. Was the Rebbe Rabbi Shalom Dovber buy it fully, pay full price of that, and the Rabbi Moshe Levinger, he's from the Mitiashveya Yudim, the first Jewish people that come to sitting in Hebron, he asked from the Lubavitcher Rebbe permission to use the building for his yeshiva, Yeshivat Shavei Hebron. That's a special yeshiva today. In six in in, in uh, two thousand seventeen Tafshina in Zion learning there three hundred and twenty boys very very special and then after they finish the learning they go to the army and they saving they keeping the the old places around protecting the people of Israel the land of Israel and the Jewish way of life yes yeah, so. hey, can I go back for a second Rabbi Zilberstrom sorry to interrupt but uh, I'm sure some of the listeners are curious you mentioned the 1929 massacre in Hebron maybe we could just 
just to recap, from 1912 until 1929 was the yeshiva. Uh, the yeshiva was present in Hebron. Were there many students? What was going on in those years? Seventeen years. Yeah, this, the, the, it's true that the yeshiva ofi- official is coming in Jerusalem by twenty two. But so ten years still, after opening. Yeah, ten years after. Why opening, did it move? Because the World War is start in uh, in uh, nine, nineteen in nineteen fourteen. And then the government, then the Turkish, they don't let the people, they have a passport that's not from Palestine, they don't like to, to stay there, so a part of the students should go back to Russia, and then a, a part they leave, uh, left uh, there. So that's make, you know, that trouble, the whole, uh, the whole situation in, in the yeshiva. But we try uh, to continue, but since it's coming a day, this, this we see this is uh, better to moving to Jerusalem and then to go in a better, uh, more relaxed. And from then... So in 1929, was the yeshiva still they, in Hebron? Not, not, not full. Uh, students still learning, but, but uh, the main thing is was from 22, the moving to Jerusalem. Really? And uh, do you know much about the actual massacre that happened in 1929? Maybe you could share a little bit with our listeners because I've had relatives who, you know, my brother-in-law's uncle was a survivor of that massacre. And I believe there were 67 or 69 Jews who were murdered then. It was the summer, August of, two, of 1929 in Hebron. And what, what actually happened? Uh, it's, uh, really, this, uh, that's happened in, in, in a day or two. That's like a, a little fire, and it became a big fire. That started in few places, the heating the Jewish people there, and the anti-Semitism. But like a, a fire, it's going in the in the field, and it became in one moment. If it's a wind, so that was a wind against Jewish nation, and then they all coming together, and they go into to the houses, and they. Some houses, the people come together to survival, but not uh, every house can survival, and then that's what happened. And it's very interesting that the priest of Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, he was in Hebron few weeks before that happened, the pogrom. And uh, then with, uh, he is, uh, when he's going back to, to the States, he was on the boat when he heard the, the bad news about the pogrom. Then he get a stroke on the boat, on the ship. And the doctor Volach, the, he's the, he made the hospital charit said he was on this boat. And then he treated the Rebbe. He, 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 he treated the Rebbe. And that's, that's what the Rebbe can, couldn't take it so much, uh, the, the pain of uh, what's happened. And hopefully, that's from then, that's never be again. And we should thank Hashem. This 50 years, Jewish people live in Hebron, they build the Kiryat Arba, and they live around in the yeshiva, like we say before, today is 320 boys sitting and learn day and night, yeshivat Shavei Hebron, what Reb Moshe Leviger made, and uh, people else in South Africa helps him, and he have the permission of the Rebbe. And we, our institution from Torah Temet now is in Jerusalem. The old ages, Baruch Hashem, 800 students. 
and it's something big. And is that the original building that was purchased by the Rebbe Rashab? Yeah, they see, they see the original, and they build another floor in the dormitory. They're keeping it very, very special. So he, so you're saying the Rebbe Rashab paid for this building called Beit Romano? Is that Beit correct? Roman. Beit Romano. Who, who was Romano? It was a rich man in, from Kushta, what's it, I think from Turkey. Turkey. Is uh, called Rabbi Avraham Romano. He mm-hmm. built a palace in Hebron. And very interesting, the Rebbe want that building. That building, and also interesting, and that building, few years before the Rebbe buy it for the yeshiva, lives there a, one of the big, big, famous uh, tzaddik, as they call the Sdei Chemet. Reb Chaim Chizkiyohu Medini is a famous, famous, uh, big uh, personality. They have making the printed the, the Rebbe, and the Prince Rebbe printed his books. They Hamed. He lives in that building. He lived in the building, Beit Romano. You know what I find fascinating? According to a quick Google search that I just did. Avraham Romano, who is the philanthropist, the wealthy Jew who bought that building, he actually bought it as a home for the elderly of the Jewish-Turkish community residing in Israel. So what's beautiful about that is, is here you have myself, I run the Chabad Seniors programs here, Tiferet Zakenim in Johannesburg, where we provide uh, programs for the elderly, for the young at heart, as I'd like to say. And yourself talking about this, and it's just fascinating for me to see that this is a place for the elderly. And, and one of the beautiful things we like to do is to have the intergenerational activity where we have the young, the high school students, interacting with the zakenim, with the elderly in the community. And we do such programs here. So to see that a place that was bought for zakenim, for the old, and yet today is serving as a yeshiva for the young, is just a wonderful idea. Wonderful. The, 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 the old people have a special, uh, they have experience for life and they can help the young one. So if they're giving his, uh, the, what he has inside from, in during of the old years from the life, they can help much, much for the young generation. And this, the Rebbe, anytime he says, listen to the old people and get good advice from them, we can help for the future very, very much. Maybe you could share with us, before we move back to Jerusalem, which we know that Yerushalayim, Oro Shalolam, it's the center of Jewish life around the world. It's the place where our holy temple stood. But maybe give us a little background about Hebron, its significance to the Jewish people. Obviously, it's the place where Avraham buried his wife, Sarah. And it's a place where our patriarchs and matriarchs are interred at Marat at the graves there in Hebron, but maybe you could give a, just a little bit of information about Hebron before we turn to Jerusalem, where you reside and where you serve as a mentor and teacher to so many students. In, but my English is not so clear, but I'll say um, there's a letter from the priest of Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. He explained why the light of Hasidus start in Hebron and then moving to Jerusalem. So he says, because we see in the Bible when King David start his kingship he start in Hebron for seven years mm. and then he's go he's moving to Jerusalem. So explain by the also by the Prisivre by the by the Rabbi Dovber, the son of the Balatanya, the first Rebbe, Rabbi Shneur Zalman, he explained because seven the the forefathers it's going about the Midas. Yeah. It's called Midas, it's seven Divine attributes. Divine attributes, seven, number seven. So 
חברון, it's like connected, like חיבור. King David, before he start his kingship, he want to be connected with the forefathers, in, this is according to number seven, seven midas, right. and then he bring the koyach to Jerusalem. Same thing of the light of Hasidus, that's the Hebron, the, the whole Indian of Hasidus is to be, uh, to, to make up the Jewish heart, to love Hashem, Freyd Hashem, that's the seven, Ikogna of seven, to learn about godliness, and then to bring this, after this, in Jerusalem. So, essentially, King David's reign, his rulership of Israel, before Jerusalem became the capital city, Hebron served as that capital. And... It's interesting how Jerusalem became the capital. Both of these places, Hebron and Jerusalem, were purchased. Avraham purchased the grave of the patriarchs and matriarchs in Hebron. And David HaMelech, King David, purchased the site in Jerusalem where the temple would be built, which is, of course, the Temple Mount today occupied with the Al-Aqsa Mosque. But that is the place that was financially purchased by David HaMelech. And maybe you could tell us a little bit now, Rabbi Zilbustrom, about 50 years ago, What were you doing in Jerusalem? You must have been a very young man, 1967. Tell us about what it was like then, before the war, during the war, after the war. Actually, I was a, a boy, young boy, after Bar Mitzvah. After my Bar Mitzvah. So you were a young teenager. Yeah. And uh, the truth is, when I go in the street before the Sixth of all, the atmosphere was very, very strange, very bad. People has on the face... A uh, green, uh, green, uh, the yellow and green because so in afraid because the, the government says because of security, you should make a uh, tape on your windows, no light for the street because they worry about the planes. It was so close with Jordan and all uh, the, the border. Were so you that, living in Jerusalem? I live in, I'm born in Jerusalem. I live in the whole, whole life, my whole life in Jerusalem. And where in Jerusalem did you live? Uh, not far from Mea Shearim. That's uh, called Rehov Strauss. And uh, called the Binyana Istadrut. It's a famous building. The highest building because it's on the top of the hill. And, uh, and the soldiers, they stay on the bar from this building. And from there, they send the bombs to Jordan. Now, just to get a little personal, you were born after 1948? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't recall when East Jerusalem, when the old city, Iratika, was in Jewish hands? No. Okay. I only, I only to see people, they, they remember that, that time I have from these stories. When uh, we go back to 50 years, everyone is worried. And also the Prime Minister, Levi Eshkol, spoke about to prepare cemeteries, chas v'shalom, For people, what happened after such a wall was seven armies around a small nation, small place like Israel, and they want, everyone won't finish the Jewish nation. So the Rebbe sent then Shluchim students in Yeshiva Teiras Emes. Teiras Emes was on the border, 200 meters from Jordan, and he sent it students. So in the grant from the Yeshiva in the in, in the end of Mea Sharim was the soldiers and inside was the Rebbe students in the same time this, the holding in the, the middle of the wall with the bombs the, the students sit inside to say to heal him and to learn Torah that's a very important point that the Rebbe mentioned before the sixth wall 
It's like a soul with a body. It's the same. There's one person. The same thing Jewish nation, so the soldiers that go on the front needs also the spiritual part from people the sitting and learning for his chus to say to heal him and to bring the spiritual help from Hashem that's every every uh, bomb go in the right place in Chasbi Shalom the opposite not to disturb not to injure nobody from the soldiers and I see we sitting we going home and sitting six days we hear the old night all night bombs and planes it was amazing were there enemy planes flying over Jerusalem over Jerusalem the old time and who was no, it Jordan it, it, we, not, we don't know because we hear planes they going around so you had no clue whose planes and my, they were. And my neighbor my neighbor the family Mrs. Deutsch every plane because she remember from the Holocaust the, the planes so every plane she said oh she was so worried we are young but she remembered us so nobody knows who is still in life everybody sitting in his home no shelters only sacks with some and Six day, I remember in the third day, somebody knock on the door and everyone is get a shock. Who is this? Maybe this from the Jordan it's, uh, army. They look from the and say, this is a, a brother of my neighbor, a brother of my neighbor. She opened the door. She said, quick, come in. Don't let the door open a minute. And she asked him, from where you come now? Say, he answer. My well sister, I'm come just now from the old city. I have good news for you. The Kotel Maravi is by us, by Yiddish hand. She couldn't wow. believe. She said, my brother, don't take, don't spoke like this. You talk, she couldn't believe. We're waiting 24 hours till the radio mentioning announcement that the Kotel Maravi is by us. Because there was worry because the security about the well, and then the radio says that it's Anchanim, the soldiers came to the stones, the kissing the stones, and say, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, and then it's come and the rabbi, the chief rabbi of Gorin is bring a shofar, put the shofar, and then I remember the fir- few days after the first time when Jewish people can go to the Kotel was Shavuot, in the holiday Shavuot, Chag Shavuot in the morning, we're going over two hours from the new city to the old city, we're going around, 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 because in that time you can't go straight. So there were and barriers, there, was wall, there were walls preventing you. See, every meter is a soldier with, with the guns, and the, and the people... Which hey. gate? Which gate? Are we able to enter Jerusalem from Sharyafo. The, the gate. Shash- then we go to Harzion, from Harzion to Silovan, and Silovan to Shara Ashpot. It's been a long, long way. Why couldn't you go direct through, Jer- through Jaffa Gate? They was worried about the the the, the put uh, the, the, the bombs Rimonim and in by the way the mines the, the mines. So they they couldn't let it's just just few days after the 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 wall. And uh, people going and singing and crying together. They was happy that we can go back to our place, but uh, crying, you know, they're all excited over what happened. So when was the first time you saw the Kotel Amaravi, the Western Wall? I was in, the, in that morning, this we go, Shavuos, 
in morning with thousands and thousands of Jewish people. I believe 200,000 Jews. Le- at were, least, were, at least. Wow. Come from all over Israel. And we're going, we're going. No, no, no stop. The whole day. Incredible. I was excited to see the, the, the stones of the Kotel, to look. Wow. To say, Hashem, thank you. You give us back such a holy place. And uh, we pre- appreciate it. And we ask from you to continue to keeping the Jewish nation all over the world. Wow, that's incredible to hear this first-hand experience from someone who was there 50 years ago during growing up in the days before Jerusalem was reunified and to see the Kotel for the first time. And when we're back after this commercial break, we're going to talk more with Rabbi Zilberstrom. If you have any questions for the rabbi, please feel free to SMS 34519 or to send your WhatsApp to 062-148-2374 and we'll present your questions to Rabbi Zilberstrom in person. Two hours every weekday covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman. And today we're talking about Jerusalem. Here in the studio, we have live with us Rabbi Zilbustrom from Jerusalem. And we want to dedicate today's show to a very close friend of mine. His Hebrew name is Tzvi Ben Emily. Tzvi is going in for an operation at this moment. And we're going to ask Rabbi Zilbustrom, who's a holy Jew from Jerusalem, to pray on his behalf. Here in the studio, we know the power of prayer, and if people are able to answer Amen to his prayer, or say a psalm of Tehillim along with, I'm sure that will be very effective in a speedy recovery for Tzvi Ben Emily, for a complete and speedy recovery. Rabbi Zilbustrom is going to read Psalm 117 from Tehillim. You could join along with him. He's going to read it in the original Hebrew, and say a Mishabach prayer for Tzvi Ben Emily. Hallelujah et Adonai kol Goyim, Shabichuhu Kol Haumim, Ki Gavar, Aleinu, Chasdo, Veemet, Adonai, Leolam, Hallelujah. Mishaberach Avoteinu Avraham Mitzrak Viakov, Moshe Aaron David Ushlamo, Huyevarech et Tzvi Ben Emily, the operation to, to be uh, well should be well, and the operation should be behatzloche, and the HaKadosh Baruch Hu yimaleh shnotav arichut yamim v'shanim tovot, sheimaleh HaKadosh Baruch Hu hachamim alav lahachlimo, lahachziko, lerapoto, lahachyoto, v'yishlach lo mehira refua shlema mena shamayim, leramach evara v'shasa gidav, betoch sh'ar cholei Yisrael, refuat hanefesh urefuat aguf, hashta baagala uvizman kariv v'nomar, Amen. Amen. And of course, the merit of studying Torah for a speedy recovery, speedy recovery for Tzvi Ben Emily should stand him in good well and the operation should be successful and smooth and he should be, he should regain his full strength and vigor immediately. So, and, and that, based on that, I'd love to do a little bit of Torah study and perhaps Rabbi Zilbustrom, as a Jerusalemite, as a teacher and mentor, you could share with us a little bit. We all know that Yerushalayim Orosh Olam, Jerusalem is the center of Jewish national life. It's the light of the world, place where our holy temple stood. And maybe tell us a little bit about Jewish life in Jerusalem. Uh, from a spiritual perspective, you could share with us, we all know, Al-Chomotayich Yerushalayim, Yifkadetish Amrim, we are yearning for Jerusalem. 
back all the way to the times of, to biblical times, to the time of King David and long before that. So maybe you could share with us a little bit about the significance of Jerusalem and Jewish life. Again, uh, my language is not so clear in English. I'll try a few words. It's written in Tehillim, Yerushalayim habnuya ke'ir shechubra la yachdav. It's mean Yerushalayim belong for every Jew around the world. The, therefore, the, it says in the Talmud, Yerushalayim lo nitchalka la shvatim. Yerushalayim is not pieces for every Shevet separate. That's interesting. I'm just going to clarify for our listeners. Jerusalem, when the, well, when the, when our ancestors, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, finally arrived in Israel and they subdivided the land amongst the 12 tribes, Rabbi Zilbushim is explaining that Jerusalem was not one of the territories that was divided. So each tribe had its portion of the land of Israel, but Jerusalem was, was it owned by all the tribes? Is that correct? All the Shvatim had a chilek of it. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to share with you a little story. What I heard from a, some Jew, an old Jew that's uh, back to 20 or 25 years ago. The name was Rabbi Avraham Eisen. He told me a story from himself for the old city in Jerusalem that's uh, give a lesson. How do you respect it to be all Jewish nation like one person? The story back, go back to, let's say, around uh, 90, 95 or 100 years ago. His father was a teacher in the Talmud Torah in the old city, Eitzchayim, Chaye Olam. Chaye Olam is a Talmud Torah that's across the Kotel Amaravi. Is it still there? It's still there. When yeah. was it started? Uh, that's, that's, that's before, that's 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Talmud Torah, Chaye Olam. He was a teacher there, and one of the days he's coming out, and he's go. The, in those days, they don't have electric, so they learn from the when the sun the sun came up till the sunset. The whole day they sitting and learn with the children, with the kids in the class. Before the sun the sun set, they finish learning and they go home. They have candles, oil. So he's going home. And he, he saw a, a little child, six years, five, six years old, in the old city. Very interesting. The, seat, the street was Rechov Derech Hevron. In the old city, it was a street in the name Derech Hevron. Why? Because the stuff, the fruit, the vegetable from Hevron is coming with the, with the wagons, with the horses in that street. Therefore, they call Derech Hevron. Sitting a little child in cry, in cry. So there, Yibitzchak Isaac, he starts, talk, why, my, my white child, why, why are you crying? He doesn't want to, to share with him, don't want to say, answer anything. He's asked again. So he says, my father give me money to buy 20 eggs. In those days, it was very, very expensive. Not like today. That was like in one egg in a few days. So it's mean for a month. So what's happened? Why are you crying? So he says, there was some stone in the, in the way. I fell down. The old eggs broken. No, I couldn't bring broken eggs home. It's finished. The Yitzhak Isaac, he feel the, 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 what the, the kind, the so pain. much pain, the pain. 
he touched his pocket and he saw he has pay yesterday for his job, for his teaching. He told the child, don't worry, I'll go meet you in the grocery and buy for you new eggs. The kids couldn't believe, couldn't believe, but he says, I'm serious, let's go again to the grocery and buy new eggs. I uh, stop a minute and I go back to the Bitzrock Isaac. He was 15 years after, after his, his, his wedding. His wedding was 15 years before he doesn't have children. He go to many places, Rabbanim, Tzadikim, but no, nothing helping. And he was, he's met his wife alone, that's it. In the same moment, the kids go back to the kid. The kids stay up and go with him. His face is changed, became more happy. And he goes to the grocery. The grocery was already closed. So he says, I'm not giving up. Let's go to the Jaffa Gate. Maybe there is the grocery still open because this is a hotel with tourists. There, there is open later. And that's what happened. He's go to the grocery in the Jaffa Gate. He buy new 20 eggs. And he says to the guy, please give me two bags. I'm about keeping the eggs. And he decided better I go meet the kid to, to accompany him to, till the, to the home. So he's going with him together. He's holding the eggs. Before he go into to the home, the little child take the eggs he said, please, careful. The, the little child turned to him and says with a happy face. In Hebrew, he says, Hayom atati vasha. Today you rescued me. And you get a Yeshua. And you, get a, and you have a salvation. A salvation. So the, 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 the guy, the Rabbi Abraham, told me exactly nine months after... I born. I was the first kid after 15 years after the wedding. Exactly nine months after I born. It was a miracle. Wow. He's gone to many Rabbanim in the told like this. If you help another Jew, although if he's a little child from five years old, in the benching you from the heart that's broken, you know, in the heavens, the whole... The old things in this came brought down the blessing for you and your family. That's uh, the, the story I heard from himself, and that's not a story from a book. What is the lesson from that story? That Jerusalem should be a, a sign, an example. How do you help one the other? No, the, the old ages, the old one to the young one, like the rabbi says before, they have the young generation, the old generation. One should help, one should give the hand to the other, and that's saving, and that's bring a blessing for all of us. Wow, what a beautiful story. I want a story that certainly you wouldn't get anywhere else, but right here on Soul to Soul, Chai FM, and we'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivman, and with me live in the studio is Rabbi Zilberstrom from Jerusalem, and he's been sharing with us some 
fascinating memories and stories of life in Jerusalem, 1967, 50 years ago, when finally we experienced the liberation of Jerusalem. And I just want to point out something fascinating. We know that Jerusalem is a place of our prayers. It's the epicenter of Jewish life. And it is the place where Yaakov Avinu, where Jacob, our patriarch, had his dream of the ladder ascending to heaven with the, with the angels climbing up and down. So of course, it's a place where we all go to pray. And yes, a few weeks ago, even President Trump came to the Jerusalem, to the Holy Temple site, to the only remnant, which is the Western Wall, and was praying there. But the there's another deeper significance that I really want to focus on for a moment, is that Rabbi Zilbushum is a teacher of Torah in Jerusalem. Now, as special as it is to go to Jerusalem to pray, when one is able to study Torah and to support the study of Torah, that is much greater. Because think about it, when we pray, we are reaching out to God from our own finite limited perspective. But when we are studying Torah, we're reaching and tapping into God's infinity. So through studying Torah, or through any of us supporting the study of Torah, and supporting the yeshiva with, in which Rabbi Zilbustrom teaches Torah to hundreds of students. He said there's over 800 students at the yeshiva in Jerusalem and Hebron and other places in Israel. Then we are connecting to God on God's infinite terms. And although the temple grounds are inaccessible today, but when we study Torah, we're accessing the holiness of the Beit HaMikdash, of the holiest place in the temple, which was the Kodesh HaKadash and the Holy of Holies, in which was housed the Ark of the Covenant, the Arna Kodesh, in which were not just... Well, there was the tablets, both the broken and the whole tablets, which represents the concept of Torah. So I'd love to give Rabbi Zilbustrom a chance to share with us a few a few thoughts about uh, the study and the importance of Torah study and the support of Torah study, and then to share with you perhaps the banking details of the Yeshiva Torah Temes that he is here to collect funds for, and anyone who would like to support Torah study in Jerusalem could support Rabbi Zilbustrom's Yeshiva, Yeshiva Torah Temes. First of all, thank you. This is the, what the Rabbi Kivman says that's written in the, in the Torah. Stated that that's Tzion is a place from there to go out Torah. So our yeshiva is Torah Emet. We say in the, in the blessing before we read in the Torah, So the Torah Emet start from the kindergarten, in doing the all ages, the all classes, they learning from the Bible, and then the Talmud, and then the Halakha, and then the high school, and then the bigger one, and also a special uh, place for learning the, uh, to be a, can be a rabbi, smicha program, and then also the koilel in the Tzemach Tzedek in the old city, it's around our, 800 students, beautiful students, and they bring light for many, many Jewish people around in the hospitals, in the, in the armies, places, in the university. They go around and they talk to people, bring happiness, dancing with people, and say Dvar Torah. So it's not only inside of the yeshiva, like we say, we, like by the base of Mikdosh, that's when the windows came out the light for all, all, all places around. Beautiful. And to conclude, I'd love to share with you the banking details of for Rabbi Zilbustrom. It's here, the NetBank Branch 190605. The banking details are 190627 one 
double eight seven again. The branch code for NetBank one nine zero six zero five, and the account details are one nine zero six two seven one. Double eight seven, Rabbi Zilberstrom. It was a great honor having you here, sharing your beautiful insights into Jerusalem, your memories, and please God, speedily in our days, will merit the words of the prophecy of Zechariah that Od Yeshus Kenim Uskenot Berchavot Yerushalayim will merit to see that old men and women should once again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, and each one enjoying their ripe old age and. As you're supporting the young, as the verse concludes, that that we'll see in the streets of the city should be filled with boys and girls playing there. And I understand that you're building for for your yeshiva a wonderful playground for the young kids to play in the streets of Jerusalem in a safe and secure way with a basketball court and other activities. So it's really nice to see this combination of the old and young there in Jerusalem and fulfilling the words of the prophecy of Zechariah. Please, God, we'll all merit to go to Jerusalem, to support Israel, to support Rabbi Zilberstrom Yeshiva, as well as many other wonderful causes in our holy city. And it is wonderful to have you here on the show with us. Thank you, Rabbi Zilberstrom. I wish all our listeners a wonderful, meaningful weekend, a pleasant Shabbos, and don't forget, Carpe Diem sees every moment you got to fill this world with war, with more meaning and purpose, and to change the world for good.